0: Hey guys, Pastor Bear here. Welcome to the podcast for Real Church. We meet every Sunday at 1115 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sherpsburg. You can also check us out online at www.realchurchcowita.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Cowita. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Today is going to be a message that you might, if you have a notebook, uh, you might already get the notebook out because there's probably going to be some things you're going to want to write down. Um, and it'll be one of those messages that um, we're not going to Bible thump too much, but we are going to be bouncing around a little bit uh, today. It's, it's a message that, um, and by the way, if you want to go ahead and prepare, you can take your Bibles and, and turn to James chapter four, James chapter four, and that's where we will begin today. Today. Um, it's interesting. I, I don't want to start with a morbid topic, but I will tell you that I've, I've noticed uh, there have been, there have been several people over the last week and a half to two weeks that have passed away, uh, unexpectedly. Uh, interesting. I have, um, I have seen several posts of uh, some of my friends, both in Tennessee and here, where they have had people that have passed away uh, unexpectedly. Maybe a father. Or, or a mother, uh, or even a child. And one of the things that, that I do, uh, and, I, and I know this may sound kind of weird to you, but I do it on purpose, is anytime I see someone who's passed away, I always go to that person's social media page. And the reason I do that is this, and I want to I tell you this. The reason I do it, and I think you should do it as well, is you can look, you can look at people's social media page and see the unexpectedness of a life ended. You can go to the social media page and see the unexpectedness of a life ended. You can see that they will post something on a Tuesday, and yet they had no idea when they wrote that out that on Thursday their life would be taken. They had no idea. It reminded me of the scripture in the text where, it's, where it says that this guy was going to build all these huge barns and buildings, and he was going to tear down these barns, and he was going to build bigger barns because he needed... And, and the guy said, listen, this very night, your life will be taken. This very life, your life will be asked of you. And so, you know, let God make the plans. And I don't want to start on a morbid note, but I do want to tell you that because it really sets up what I want to talk about today to you. In James chapter 4, in James chapter 4 and verse 14, James chapter 4... In verse 14, here's what it says. It says this. It says, James says, now James is the brother of Jesus. It says, how do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, and then it's gone. We actually had morning fog yesterday. We did. And I went out to exercise and, and I started out. And when I did, it was real foggy. And by the time I was done the fog had already lifted because the sun had come and it began to burn off the fog it was really quick it was there at one moment and it was gone the next and James chapter 4 says how do you know what your life will even be like because it's like the morning fog one day it's, you're here and the next day you're gone are you guys encouraged yet psalm 90 psalm 90 says this psalm 90 verse 12 and I love this and other text says the number Teach us to realize the brevity of life, or teach me to number my days, Lord, so that what? So that we may grow in wisdom. And what the scripture is saying here is this, it's very wise to understand that your life is like a vapor, like James says. Your life is very short. And it says, if you will teach me to number these days, if you will teach me to understand and appreciate how short my life is, then because of you teaching me that, I will then grow wise. I will be wise in what? Wise in my decisions, wise in how I treat people, wise in what I choose to do next, wise in things that come back, wise about my emotions, wise about my friendships, wise about my marriage, wise about how I spend money, and on and on and on and on. That's what it's saying. You know, I have met lots of people. I have met lots of people who are stuck in the past. All right. They're stuck in the past. What they do is, is they don't live their life. They're supposed to be living because they're stuck in the past. And I want to read from you what Philippians says, and they don't have this on the screen. It's Philippians chapter 3, verses 13. And 14, it says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I had not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. And then here's what he says. And you guys have heard this before if you've been in church much. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. I forget what's behind me. I forget the past. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to press forward. I'm going to press on. I'm going to press on to what? I'm going to press on to what it is that God is calling me to. A lot of people live in the past. I want to tell you something. You want to write this down. It's not going to be on the screen, but I want you to write this down. The past is a great teacher, but a horrible leader. Let's say that again. The past is a great teacher, but it's a horrible leader. Let me give you an example. Like most people, I hate math. I hate math. And so I had to struggle through math in in my life. I had to struggle through. Let me tell you something. I was good with math until they started throwing letters in there. When they threw the letter in, I was out. All right? Once those letters started coming up, I was gone. I was like, what is this? I don't care what X and Y equal. This makes no sense to me. But here's what I had to do. I had to to take what I had learned in the past, starting with 2 plus 2 is 4, you know what I mean? And I would keep going, but I would probably mess something up. I I had to learn from that, and I remembered it taught me how to do the next step. But here's the thing. I didn't allow 2 plus 2 equals 4 to lead me See, I was being led somewhere else. I was using the two plus two plus, you know, the two plus two is four. I was using that as a foundation, something that's happened in the past, but I wasn't living there because if I walked around and you said, hey, how's your math skills? And I said, great, man, two plus two is four. What's up? You'd go, I I know, but what about the letters? And I'd say, two plus two is four? And I know that sounds funny for me to say right now, but the truth of the matter is, is a lot of us live our life that way. We think that the past is supposed to be our leader and we act like the past is our leader. But that's not what the scripture says. The scripture says this, forgetting what's behind me, I press on to what God is calling me to do. I press on to where God is leading us. That's what it says. And so today I have a question for you. And here's the question I want you to focus on. Will this be the year is the question I want to focus on. Will this be the year? Will this be, everyone right now is already thinking about what they want to change, what they want to do. I just had a conversation with someone out there. I was like, you know, I'm just ready. I am ready for, you know, structure. And I'm ready, you know, I I haven't had structured sleep. I haven't, it's been kind of chaotic, you know, we've all been together and it's been really fun. But after a little bit, I'm ready for some structure. I really, really am. And so the question is, will this be the year? Will this be the year that you actually make the plans and you move forward? That's the question. Will this be the year? Is this going to be the year, okay? Is this going to be the year that you're going to make the changes, make the steps, do what you have to do to move forward and allow God to guide you? Is this going to be the year? I will ask you this question. What did you plan on this time last year, let's say December 29th of 2018, what was in your head that you were wanting to change or you were wanting to do better in or you were wanting to make an impact on or you were wanting to grow in? What was it that you had planned on doing in 2019 and did you succeed in that? That's the question I have. Will this be the year There's some things about God that you need to know. And here's the first thing. God is not going to force you to do anything. He's not. He's not going to force you to do anything, even though he's all powerful, even though he's all loving, even though he's all forgiving, even though he's literally everywhere. He's not going to force you to do anything. There's a scripture in Luke chapter 18, and here's what it says Luke chapter 18, verses 22 and 23. And I want to give you the background here. Luke chapter 18, verses 22 and 23. There is a man who's very wealthy, and he's come to Jesus, and he said, Hey, listen, I kept. He was a good guy. He kept all the commands, he did everything he was supposed to do. And he came to Jesus, and Jesus said, Okay, well, have you done this? Yep, check mark. Have you done this? Yep, check mark. Have you done this? Yep, check mark. And then he says this. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, there's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven. And then he says, then come and follow me. And here is the end result of that conversation in 23. Here you go. Do we have verse 23 up there? There it is. But when the man heard this, he became very sad. Why? Because he was very rich. He was very rich. Now, I want to tell you guys something that happened. All right, I want you to focus your mind here and I want to tell you something that happened. The man was wealthy and he hadn't given up that aspect of his life yet and Jesus came and said, "I want you to give up that aspect of your life." I want the focus that you have on money, give up that aspect. Is it is it okay to have money? Yes, it is. It's just not okay for money to have you. And so, it's okay for to have money and Jesus did not say that you shouldn't have money. What he said was was this. He said, "Listen, there's one thing you have to do. I want you to, I want you to get off, sell all your possessions, give it to the poor, then follow me. And then the man turned away, sad, and it says the reason he did it was because he was very wealthy, he's very rich. Here's what you don't see. Verse 24 doesn't say, "And Jesus followed, begging the man to change his ways. And Jesus followed and said, "No, you're going to do this no matter what." No, you're going to make this change no matter what. No, no, you're going to you're not going to act this way and you're going to do this and this and this and this. You don't see that anywhere. You know what you saw? You saw a young man that simply walked away from Christ and we don't know if he ever came back. What you didn't see is Jesus is Jesus forcing forcing. He just simply gave him a choice. Here's your choice. In the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, we see where Moses wrote, he said this, he said, I've set before you life and good and death and evil. And then he says this, choose, choose, choose life, choose good, choose God. But here's the thing, it's your choice. It's your choice. A lot of people do not want to change until the pain of change is less than the pain of remaining the same. Are you with me? I know I sound like Dr. Phil a little bit today, but the truth of the matter is, is that most people don't want to make a significant change in their life. And here's the truth. We all have something right now as we sit here like, you know what, I need to work on that area. I need to work on that area. And listen, let me say something. If you don't have one of those right now sitting here, the people around you haven't been honest enough with you. They're fearful to tell you the truth. And that's the case if you don't have one of those. A lot of y'all are smiling because you go, nope, I've got three or four. I guess the people I'm around are real honest. Right? But listen, a lot of us don't change until the pain of change is greater than the pain of remaining the same. I see a lot of that when I see people that are considering a divorce. The person's been asked to change over and over and over and over and over again and nothing's ever happened. And then the pain of the, pain of the change is not as good as the pain of what the consequence is going to be if you don't. I see that a lot. But here's the thing I want you to know. God's not going to force you to do anything. He's not. You can sit there and be the same way you were last year and the year before and the year before and the year before and the year before. You can do it if you want to. You can. But God's not going to force you. Will this be the year? Is this going to be the year that you decide to put first things first? Is this going to be the year you do that? I love what Luke says in chapter 12, Luke chapter 12, verse 31. Luke chapter 12, verse 31 says this, Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he'll give you everything you need. He will give you everything you need. Now, I want to tell you guys something. Before that verse, if you'll read back up before that, he was talking about, don't worry about this and don't worry about that, and I'm going to provide for you. And then he says, listen, just do this. Seek God, seek God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. Need. I've told you guys this story before, but I, I, am, I am mechanically not inclined. I'll just leave it at that. All right? I can put gas in, and I know when the oil light, when I need an oil, I know what I don't need to do that. I check the oil every once in a while, and I can do those things. And I can change a flat tire sometimes, okay? But uh, sometimes it takes two of us. But I know I can do that. Well, I have learned that I need, listen, I need to have my front end aligned on my Jeep. I need to have it aligned. Now, the reason I have it aligned is this. I got tired of buying tires. Because here's what would happen: I would try to rotate the tire some, and if the tires are out of alignment, what happens is, is that you start to get wear on the inside or the outside of the tire. Most of the time it's on the inside, and you can't see that you're out of alignment. You can't see that you're out of alignment until it gets so bad that when you're driving down the road, your car starts pulling to the left or to the right. That's how you know. It starts pulling to the left or to the right. Well, I figured out it's better to get in alignment and rotate the tires and not have to get tires every two years to save it at least for three or four instead of going in and saying, Hey, my tires look good on the outside. Yeah, I know they look good on the outside, but look at the inside. And it'd be horrible on the inside. Great, I need four new tires. Here's a lot of money. Take my money, please. Here's the thing I want you guys to understand. Had I not gotten that alignment, it would continue to ruin those tires. And I would continue to go this way or this way. Even though I'm trying to hold it in the road, it makes driving difficult. It makes literally living my life difficult if I want to get from one place to another if I'm out of alignment. And I want to tell you something. The same is true with your life and my life if we are not aligned with what God says. If we're not aligned with what God says, we have the same issue. Our lives go this way and this way and this way and this way. And it's not until, it's not until you start experiencing some negativity, you start experiencing where on your tread, right? Somewhere in your life until you decide, hey, wait a minute. I need to get into alignment with what God says. I need to get into alignment with what God says financially. I need to get into alignment with what God says, and I could go on and on and on and on. I got a friend of mine who is working really diligently to get out of debt, and... um, I don't know if some of you guys know this, but my, I'm very proud of my brother. My brother actually just started working for Dave Ramsey. He is one of the accountants and financial people for Dave Ramsey. He's very excited about it. Uh, as a matter of fact, he gave Blake a book signed by Dave uh, on uh, for Christmas, which was really cool. And uh, but I've got a friend of mine, and what he says is, and he says it jokingly, and he's very funny because they've done really well. But he says, you know, we're kind of Dave-ish. You know what I mean? We're kind of Dave Ramsey. If you don't know who Dave Ramsey is, he's someone who does finances and he does financial things. And he, he says, you know, here's the plan you need to follow. And he says, this is what you need to do. And, and my buddy always says, well, I'm kind of Dave-ish. All right. And he, he says it as a joke, but he does, he does say it. and It's kind of funny. I always think about this. And as I was preparing this message, I was like, you know, really, I know he's kind of joking. But, but as, a, as, a, as a follower of Jesus, a lot of times we're kind of holy-ish, aren't we? We're kind of committed-ish. We're kind of obedient,-ish, and we're, you know we, we want to, you know stay committed-ish and kind of be nice-ish, you know what I mean, and, and try to do those things, but we doesn't really seem to work out all that much, right? It doesn't. It doesn't seem to work out. Because why? We're not in alignment? We're not in alignment with what God's word says. And it's a difficult thing because a lot of us, a lot of us, we want to do it. We want to do it, but we won't surrender to do it. We don't want to do it. We don't want to surrender to do it because it would mean that we would have to change some things. Here's the third thing I want you to know. Will this be the year you rid yourself of what hinders you? Now, the scripture I read in Philippians said, I throw off everything that entangles me, right? I, throw, I put behind me those things. There's something else cool in Hebrews chapter 12. Can we bring up Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? Here's what it says. It says, therefore, and whenever you see the word therefore, people who have been coming here a while better get this right. What does it mean? You want to see what it is? Therefore. So it's therefore chapter 11. Chapter 11 is all about people that literally started out, most of them had screwed up lives, and God came and and got their hold of their life and did great things. It's called, as a matter of fact, it's called the Hall of Faith is what it's called. Chapter 11 in Hebrews is. And so he's saying this, because of all these people, and because you've seen all these people, and because you've seen how screwed up they were, because you've seen their lives and how I've used their lives, even though they're a bunch of screw-ups, here's what it says. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses... To the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. And then here it is. We do this how? By keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion, and who initiates and perfects our faith, and we talked about this in stories, who who is the author and perfecter of our faith. Because the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, now he is seated in the place of honor besides God's throne. Cloud of witnesses, is this going to be the year that you rid yourself of what hinders you? You know, some of us need to rid ourselves of some weight. Some of us need to rid ourselves of some toxic people in our lives. You know what toxic people are in our lives? There are people that when you have them around... They end up causing problems in your life because their life is such a mess that it folds over onto your life. Now, listen, let me say something about that. It is not it is not godly for you to have people that are messed up in your life to you to just write them off and say, see you later. But let me say something. There's a difference in having someone in your life and having someone in your life who is impacting and affecting the way you live. Are you with me? There's a big difference in that, and sometimes we have to make the decision to set some boundaries with people, and those boundaries can be very difficult. They can be very difficult, but the scripture says this, and I've told you guys this before. Some people are supposed to be in your life for five minutes, some people for five hours, some people for five days, some people for five months, some people for five years, and some people forever, and you have to decide which one of those categories that they fit into. You have to decide that. But a lot of times, we will allow people to stay in our lives who don't need to be there. And let me say something really clearly here. I'm not talking about your husband or wife. <laughs> or, you know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about your husband or wife. People are going, all right, man, I'm kicking him to the curb. Listen, preacher said so. No, no, preacher in said nothing. All right, that's a commitment you made before God. All right, that's a covenant that you have. I'm talking about people that may be affecting your marriage because you allow them to have influence over it. I'm talking about people that you allow into your life. I'm talking about maybe some coworkers or some friends that you've had to, had to have around. Listen, everybody's not supposed to be in your life all for, for your whole life. Some people are not. Some people are a seasonal thing. Just like, just like the, the weather. Right now, I know. I don't know if you guys are hot in here. I'm burning up in here. I feel like one of those tater logs under that heat lamp at the store. Are you with me? That's what I feel like. I am literally laying there like a tater log looking for the ketchup, right? That's what it is. That's not as funny as everybody says. And I'm looking at people going, he actually looks a little bit like a tater log. Um, but no, listen, seriously. Uh, uh, the seasons, you know, they change in and out. They go in and out. But let me say something to you. There's people in your life. There's people in your life that that maybe don't need to be there the whole time. There may be people that you need to let go of and say, you know what, we just can't. And I'm not saying don't love them. You can love them, but you don't have to let them be as close as they are. There's some people that need to rid themselves of some unresolved conflict that you may have with other people. Let me ask you this question. Why don't you leave? Why don't you leave that unresolved conflict in 2019 and let it go? Why don't you do that? Why don't you leave that and let it go? Why don't you decide between now and the 31st? Decide between now and the 31st. You know what? I'm not taking this into 2020. I'm not taking it there. I'm going to leave that behind. You may be at odds with people. Leave it behind, okay? Leave it behind. Here's something else too. A lot of us need to to rid ourselves of some negative choices that we've made. A lot of us need to do that. A lot of us need to rid ourselves, just like the scripture says, put behind things and press forward on what God's going to do. A lot of us need to rid ourselves of some negative choices that we've made. Maybe you've made negative choices about your money. Maybe you've had a negative choice about, maybe you need to get on a budget. I have no idea. I really don't understand how people don't operate on a budget. I don't get it at all because it would drive me crazy not to have a budget. That would just drive me crazy. We, we, and look, Wendy and I are not, you know, penny penny pinchers by any stretch of the imagination, but we do operate on a budget and have for years, and I have seen the fruit from that, okay? And let me say something. I am probably one of the most disorganized people you'll ever meet, and Lynn, you don't need to say anything, Um, but I am probably one of the most disorganized people you'll ever meet, but I have to force myself to do certain things because of the good of my family and the good of the church. I have to be organized for the church, but also the good of my family, and one of the things I have to do is operate off a budget. It's not, it's not difficult to have a budget. I've got forms. Out. If you want one, I'll email it to you. But listen, to operate off a budget, a lot of times people just, they just go and poof. They just go and do what they have to do. Some of you guys need to think about maybe some choices that you've made uh, as, as it relates to your spending habits. You know what I mean? Maybe you guys need to reel that back in a little bit maybe there 's things that God wants to give you, but you 're too busy going out and, 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 and spending maybe way too much on things that you know you can 't afford because you want to keep up with someone else i don 't know it 's between you it 's between you and God. you guys know though. What it is some of you guys maybe even with your choices of what food you eat how, how you exercise and on and on and on and on and on I know that's a big one for me And i'm working really diligent right now to address that in my own life and I want to challenge you to do the same thing Look i'm being real. I know I may be stepping on some toes But i'm wearing flip-flops today and my toes are getting stepped on pretty hard. So but listen a lot of us have to make some choices in our lives Yes, it's going to take time. No, it's not going to happen overnight. But let me ask you a question. Are you going to go into 2020 and you're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again and get the same results over and over again? Or are you going to decide to make a change? I have no idea. But a lot of you guys are allowing the past, what you've done in the past and who people say you are, you're allowing that to be your guide. And it's a horrible guide. It's a great teacher, but a horrible guide. Learn from it instead of allowing it to guide you and to lead you. And I think that's what God would have us do. Next week, we're going to start a series called The Me I Want to Be. And I've never done this in a church before. But I had a book that impacted me greatly, greatly about three years ago. And I've actually read it three times. I've bought this book three different times. Because I've lost it or gotten it wet and ruined it. <laughs> but I have, I have worn it out the first time. And then the second time I got it wet and it ruined. And then the third time I bought it. But it's called The Me I Want to Be. And I really, really, I can't wait to teach this series. Because it, what it basically said is, is this. Hey, listen, there, you know deep down there's a you that you want to be. There's a you that you know God's calling you to be. And, and this, this is I hope these series, these messages are going to help you and help me realize who that is. One of the things that we do here at Real Church is, is, we like to say, hey, you need to take off the mask. I, send your message. I don't know, Siri, uh, but it says to whom, send your message, everybody. Um, but anyway, one of the things we like to do here is we like to, we like to say, take off the mask. We like to say, hey, listen, you guys need to get real. And what I'm saying by getting real is, is I'm saying, hey, be who you are where we can start at that point and begin to work with you discipling you, helping you to get to that next level, to get to that next place. The greatest thing that you should be, want to be is, is, and I've said this before and I'll end with this, your desire in 2020 and for the rest of your life per se is to be who God had in mind when he created you. You want to be who God had in mind when he created you. And I believe that this will be the year you do it. And so I want to challenge you today. Is this going to be the year? Is this going to be the year? Listen, I hope it is. I hope it's the year for you. And I am believing that it's going to be the year for our church and the year for me. Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that it gives us the instructions for life. Thank you that it gives us the instructions on how we are to live. God, it gives you the, as the instructions on which direction we're supposed to go. God, if we're open to it, you will guide and lead us. Lord, I'm so thankful for today. I'm thankful for the message that you have given me to give. I pray, Lord, that it was received, and I pray that you would do what only you could do in people's lives. There's nothing, nothing, any of these messages, any of this worship, any of these Bible studies, any of these small groups, any of this service, there's nothing that we can do without you. Your word is the catalyst for change. And God, we, address, we identify that now, and we are thankful that you sent it to us. Let us be people who take your word seriously and who follow it. And let this be the year coming up that we leave some of those things behind, that we let the past teach us and not guide us. We let you guide us, that we seek first the kingdom and everything else. And all those other things we desire, they'll be added in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand up and let's sing a final worship song today. Thank you for listening to the podcast of Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or if you would like to contact us at Real Church, please go to our website at www.realchurchcowita.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us on Sunday at 11.15 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Also, check out our website or Facebook page for directions. Until next time, God bless, and remember to love God, love others, and live real.